You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. My guest in this episode is the Dom Kingster, Carl Miller. At 5'4 and 29 years of age, he and his taller, older sub, Freddie Miller, thankfully break the traditional BDSM mold. Carl Miller, thank you very much for joining me on Sexual Heroes today. Thank you for having me. You're a Dom, a Switch. Predominantly a Dom these days, but yeah. Can you tell me, because you're, you're young compared to me, certainly. You're 29? 29? <laughs> 29 now. Okay, okay. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey and BDSM and where your interest started, how you got started as a Dom, maybe even your first experience as a Dom? I've actually been with my husband 11 years this year. Um, so he was actually the first man that I slept with when I was 18. Um, and we got married, um, and we were monogamous actually for seven, seven and a half years entirely. Huh. At which point I was what, 24, 25. And we, we, we worked great, but he's very, very vanilla in his taste. And as I got older, it was kind of evident there were other things I wanted to explore. Uh, and I actually started out as a sub, not a dom, predominantly with things like putt play. Um, so I actually had my own Dom who lived up in Scotland for almost a year or so. Hmm. And it was actually at an event with him that I met my now sub and boyfriend. Um, huh. So a uh, slightly different way about it. And it was kind of meeting him really that kind of then progressed into me wanting to to experience more as a Dom. I carried over a lot of the things. So predominantly I was into rope bondage. Uh, that was a lot of what I did as a sub and a lot of what I do now as a dom. So it was quite a good way of picking up uh, the skills. I've got a good understanding, obviously, of what the sub's experiencing and going through. We met in, a well, originally February 2018. And it was actually October before we, we ever got together. Largely because it was kind of the first delve into poly for both of us. And it obviously took some conversations on both sides with both our respective partners and things as well. So you're still with your original partner? Yes, I'm still with my husband. And my boyfriend is married as well and has been with his partner for 27, 28 years. Wow. Now, your sub, that's Freddie Miller? Yeah, correct. Can you tell us a little bit more about your interests as a dom beyond the rope bondage? I'm, I'm curious. I don't like to fence it in too much because I did that. When I first started subbing, I did the same thing. I said, you know, this is what I want to try. And then I realized very quickly that I shouldn't be so limited because there are a lot of things I thought I wouldn't go for at all. Like electro, for example, that was very, that was on my no list. Didn't, didn't want to do it at all. And then actually really enjoyed it as a sub, but I try and carry the same philosophy through as a Dom in that just because I haven't done something before, or I'm not aware of it doesn't mean that I'm not going to enjoy it. It still does tend to be around kind of bondage and restriction. Um, so things like breath control as well. I, I like a lot. A preference for rope, but again, uh, leather manacles, uh, chains, anything along those kind of lines. Impact play, if a sub is particularly into it, it's not really something that does a lot for me. But if I'm getting a, a big reaction, that tends to be what spurs me on. So 
Certainly goes things like water sports. If it's very clear that I'm getting a positive response, I'm far more inclined to to kind of push that angle. And I notice in a number of your photos, the yellow trim on your leathers. <laughs> That's more, that comes a lot from the boyfriend. So the boyfriend's rubber was always kind of black and yellow. And we did a video where we, we kind of synchronized. So, but yeah, it's the same thing. So water sports was predominantly his fetish, but because he enjoys it so much, I very much enjoy doing it. You started as a sub would you say that everything you have done as a dom you have first experienced as a sub yeah i wouldn't do something to someone else without knowing what it felt like first even when i first tried things kind of i, I was a dom at this point and i tried wax play i dripped it all over my own arm and other sensitive areas first to make sure i knew you know what height i could drop from and what i was doing what's your reaction to doms who have never been on the sub end you can do it certainly but I think the communication there is key then to understand exactly what it is that you're doing. And it makes it very difficult, I think, to try something new. Um, so, for example, I want to learn to use a single tail and fire play. But the reason I haven't is, well, because of lockdown and things as well. So I haven't really <laughs> been mm -hmm. able to do it. But I won't do fire play until I've been taught by someone that knows what they're doing, which is obviously typically going to be a dom and know exactly you know, what sensations I'm dealing with and, and how far I can push things. You can obviously learn it another way, but I find that a lot easier. To be on the receiving end. Yeah, at least as a, mm -hmm. a case of, you know, this is exactly what I'm, I'm putting them through and, and have a good awareness of. And also, again, learning technique and things. So same as, as rope bondage I learned initially. Um, my then Dom was very good at rope bondage. Mine's nowhere near that level, but it still gave me a lot of the foundations. Yeah, rope bondage. That's a hard thing to just kind of pick up on your own and presto. Yeah, and people don't appreciate if it's, messy it's not just that it looks bad it can then be unsafe um, mm -hmm. because it means pressure probably isn't evenly distributed if you've got knots in the wrong place you know it can be putting tension on um, ligaments and things like that and you can cause damage so mm -hmm. um, it's not just a case of oh it looks a little bit naff we'll go on with it that there's a reason it tends to be you know good rope doms have very neat work <laughs> yeah or put pressure on an artery or something not exactly and, yeah. and if it's you're doing something over an extended time i mean complex rope can take literally hours and you you don't want to be literally, I, I've had head rope bondage before. And if that's done wrong, you will end up with a massive headache and it's quite dangerous. What do you think of lazy tops who use <laughs> Velcro and chain and clips? I mean, I get it, it because the, the amount of times that I've had people see like photos of my work or things like that and say, oh, I really want you to do that to me. Um, and if they haven't done it before, I'm like, you don't, they tend not to understand that it's actually a very long winded process. Mm -hmm. um so if your end game is actually you know you just want to be fucked or whatever whilst you're restrained rope isn't necessarily the way to go unless you actually appreciate the process and kind of the visuals of it then it's not always worth it so if it's just a case of you know i, I want to be restricted in my movement while we play or whatever then yeah get some velcro bed loops or some you know some cuffs or something <laughs> uh, that makes total sense and i am that well i guess it's not being a lazy top but but I have never really had that interest in rope bondage. People see the end product and think, oh, that looks really good. But obviously, they haven't seen the like two hours before then. <laughs> um, right. And it being constantly untied and retied to make sure it's right and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, if, you, if it's literally a case of uh, quick and dirty, then yeah, get, get some handcuffs. It's fine. It's art, really. Yeah. At the end, it, it was where my interest stemmed um, with my then Dom is that he was very good at rope bondage, but he was also very big on taking photos and videos of it so mm -hmm. it always to me looked very impressive you know you could see how intricate it was i tend to like 
skill-based dom. So I said, I want to learn to use a single tail on Fireplay. I like it if there's a skill element involved. Well, I got my start primarily with the Zeus videos and, and Daddy Zeus was also into rope bondage and he was very particular about it and making sure that it showcased the, the bottom's assets uh, just perfectly. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what I watched initially, and a lot of even like tutorials and things I started with afterwards were from Christopher Weston. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who who very much knows what he's doing with rope. He used to do the thing for bound jocks and things like that. And yeah, that 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 I like because I like rope work to look good, but I like it to be practical that you can actually play in it and do something because there's a like everyone thinks a hog tie is a classic but you're actually pretty limited in what you can do with a sub once they're in that position <laughs> so i try and make a blend of yes it looks nice you know it's aesthetically pleasing but you you know you can still do stuff when people think of a dom and a sub they get a picture in their mind i'm sure for a lot of people it's like a classic tom of finland image yeah, leather daddy. <laughs> yeah, leather daddy, big, brutish, you know, towering over the sub. And aside from being young, you're five foot four. Yeah. <laughs> and your sub is older and taller. Yeah, he's about six foot. So you, you definitely go against, I would say, the stereotype of the Dom sub. Yeah, I mean, in terms of events and things like that, nine times out of 10, people get it the wrong way around. <laughs> Just from a first kind of glance as a visual, even though if we're at a fetish event, he would normally be in a collar. Um, I even took to, to wearing his key around my neck to try and make it more obvious. We still all the time would, would get people confused. I've heard over the years, bottoms who are big, burly, muscular, tall, older. I've heard this lament that people often just expect them to be the top and it can become very mm, tiring. Yeah. Have you experienced that as a smaller, younger Dom? I mean, I know they get you and your partner mixed up. You've said that, but have you felt over the years, have you had feelings of sort of exasperation or a little bit? I mostly find it funny. And I'm quite, I, I've had people literally kind of stand and question us in bars because they find it really interesting. I think the dynamic is probably more common than people realize. It's just not showcased anywhere near as much. You know, you're not really going to see that storyline very often in things like porn or online. So it's just less natural to people. I mean, and as well, we have it all the time. So generally, the, the my sub is the very friendly, outgoing kind of, will be nice to everybody one. But he's six foot built and look, has a bit of a kind of resting bitch face, looks angry. <laughs> um, and I'm the opposite. I don't tend to typically want to engage with people I don't know when I'm out. I kind of like to do my own thing. But we'll always get people will always approach me <laughs> and kind of be afraid of him. Um, huh. Even in online communications, people will come to me first, and he tends to get ignored, and I have to feed stuff through. I'm like, no, no, if you want to deal with him, go and speak to him, not me. <laughs> <laughs> the best person we ever had actually deal with it was a completely vanilla boy on kind of a, a semi-fetish night who kind of clocked the collar and actually was asked very respectful questions and got the gist, and then actually spoke to my sub through me. So he was asking me if he could do things and things like that. Um, oh. And it was interesting that someone from a completely vanilla background grasped it way faster than some people that kind of should know better. Wow. Interesting. I do find as well, it doesn't help 
like I said, he, he wears quite a big, he has a day collar, so kind of a, a lower key thing that he wears all the time. But he has a showy, large collar for a, for a fetish event. Um, mm-hmm. But they're super prevalent now for people not in a dom sub relationship. There's, there's just an aesthetic there, I guess. So I know quite a few doms that wear them because they like the look and people that just, again, have seen it out and kind of like it. So people mm-hmm. don't necessarily see the visual and go, okay, that's obvious. He's his sub. It's, I guess it's easy for them to disregard it as maybe it just being fashion. Oh, um, especially because if you're looking at the two of us again, people are nine times out of ten going to go, "Okay, he's the one in charge." How do you feel about that? People wearing collars for fashion, showing up at a in a, a leather event. It frustrates me more, I guess, the more specifically fetish the event is. If you're going to a leather or rubber event that's very specifically a kink event, then the people there should know better. There's kind of things that hover on the borderline. So, um, Arc scene is kind of Manchester, and we have an event called Dilf which is held at a mm-hmm. kind of a fetish venue, but isn't specifically a fetish night. Um, and so I guess there, you know, you've got a bit more of a mix of people. It's a little bit kind of more forgivable. Um, I know right. as well, a lot of subs or bottoms and things will wear one to feel safer because they then feel like it visually shows that they are they are owned by somebody and people will then normally kind of approach slightly differently. So it's bad mm-hmm. that that's necessary, but I get why it happened. You mentioned that in porn you don't typically see the shorter, smaller, younger Dom paired against the older, bigger, uh, submissive. But in your porn, obviously you are going against type. Is that the big draw for you as a content creator? Is that, are people seeking that? Is that something they're really responding to? Do you get feedback? I get a real mix because, um, Freddie, the, the southern boyfriend, was in porn before I'd ever met him in studio porn. So he actually worked with Treasure Island Media. Mm-hmm. And he'd done quite big gangbang scenes at the bottom. <laughs> mm. So people knew him socially then, actually, you know, if, if people recognized him, he was a bottom. He then did stuff more recently for Lucas as a top. So to kind of switch that up. And we tend to get people who are really diehard one way or the other. So we'll get people that really want to see Freddie topping or really want to see him bottoming, and they tend not to like if it changes up. And the same goes for me to a degree. There's, there's people that specifically want to see me top, and they don't like it if I do otherwise. <laughs> so it, no one ever seems to be truly happy. They clearly have a mental image in their head one way or the other. That's a perfect lead into what I wanted to talk about, which is the idea of switching it up for your fans and taking on a different role than the one they expect. Now I've seen on Twitter, some clips of you bottoming uh, one specifically with a, a dildo. Yep. You're very talented as a bottom too. I mean, and that's how I started out. So um, my, my husband is pretty much a total top. So for the first, what, seven, eight years as an adult having sex, it was as a bottom. Um, it's something that as I explored my more dom side, I did a lot, lot less. But it's not something I'm afraid of. I've not got such kind of a big ego. I'm set, you know, I'm dumb. I must only top. So I've, I've no problem still doing it. Yeah. But some people do. They, they don't want to see the dom. Yeah. You get, I, I, I've had people, someone literally messaged me saying I had to skip the videos where you were bottoming or doing something that they viewed as being submissive in some way. I've always had the view that the, the least alpha thing you can do is dictate your actions based on what other people think. <laughs> exactly. It's a case of if, if, you know, if I'm in the mood and I want a bottom for my sub and he wants the top, why the hell not? Why should anyone else's kind of external reaction 
dictate what we do together. So you do switch with each other? In terms of top and bottom, yes. I'd say even if I'm bottoming, that you know, it's not a case of he's switching to a dom role as such. Mm-hmm. If it's specifically fetish play, it's normally me. I mean, I've not. It's probably been over two years now since I last subbed with anybody at all. But yeah, we will switch between top and bottom. Now, I as a viewer have no issues with that. But interestingly, I think for me, when I am submissive to someone, I cannot switch with them. If if I'm the sub with someone, that's the way it's going to stay. There, they'll be dom, I'll be sub, and I will not have any interest in topping them when it comes to ass play. Yeah, we were very much that way at first, um, but I mean, we're coming up to three years together now, and it evolved. We had a big period where it was it was always me topping and him bottoming, and that's just slowly switched up. I I don't like switching within the same scene if that makes sense so if oh, i'm yes. in the mood to top and dom it's specific you know that's what i want to do and if i'm right. in the mood to bottom then it's that I, we wouldn't we haven't done flipping scenes for example that doesn't tend to do anything for me i'm either in one mindset or the other um, yes. and same goes for him really and we both know each other well enough now that we know each other's triggers for that as well there's things i can do to him that i know will pretty much mean you know he's he wants to take it then <laughs> that pushes the right <laughs> buttons and that's just a case of, of time spent now, I guess. I applaud those people that are totally versatile. They're a BDSM switch. They can flip fuck. They can switch in the same scene. They can, you know, they're just always, I mean, versatile in every way imaginable. I, I think that's, you know, that's great if you can do it. Yeah, I think it gives you a lot more insight into both. Even just for being versed in general between top and bottom, I think you're always going to have a bit of better understanding of what the other party is is dealing and going through. The amount of total tops that have no concept of how awkward it is to clean, for example, and things like that mm. um, is outrageous. <laughs> um, and, and if you're doing like extended rope play and things like that, really long sessions, it's something you need to have an awareness of. I want to talk about your hair. <laughs> That's a very odd one. What about my hair? You got a beautiful head of hair. You've um, you, you posted something about, I guess because maybe it was because of COVID, you hadn't been able to go to a barber. Maybe yeah. So I, I don't know if you've seen photos of me from kind of pre-COVID. Maybe not. Uh, I looked very very different. So I had a shaved head. <laughs> oh. um, and, a, and a kind of short beard, kind of just longer than the stubble. And I was also like. 20% lighter. <laughs> so I was I was down to about 54 kilograms and extremely low body fat. Um and when we got put into lockdown I kind of said well fine like like I, obviously I'm not going to any events, I'm not doing any photo shoots or anything like that. I'm not going to have my top off in a club. Um I'll use the opportunity to try and bulk instead. And yeah, obviously hairdressers everything closed here and basically pretty much have been the entire time. So I grew my hair and my beard and I gained a lot of weight as well. So if you look at a photo of me 12 months ago, I'd say I probably looked young for my age, which tended to confuse the dynamic even more mm-hmm. um, because I was 28, but I got ID'd. So, <laughs> you know, I could pass for kind of early 20s. Whereas now I actually think longer beard, longer hair, and being a little bit kind of heavier, I probably do look a little bit closer to 30. Mm-hmm. Well, one of your followers made a comment that he was going to, it was kind of a threat to take some shears to you. Yeah, a couple of. <laughs> <laughs> uh does the hair upset people seeing you with long hair i mean you know uh uh, people will call me ageist probably but 
a 60-year-old man with a man bun, say, it's not quite the same thing as some hot 25-year-old, you know. Yeah, I, I get a mix of guys that, re- because I, I get this all the time that people think I'm from a Scandic country, um, because they probably don't realize I'm only five foot four, you know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kind of six foot. Um, but just because of my coloring, I've got quite light hair, I've got kind of gray eyes, and I've obviously got a very ginger beard. So a lot of people push and really like kind of the, the Viking style it mm-hmm, gets referred mm-hmm. to a lot because I have got the the back and side shaved. It is only the top that, that's long. So I get a lot of people really appreciate that. And I get a lot of people obviously that do the envisages more kind of man bun style. Um, uh-huh. The difficulty I have is I, I train a lot. I train every single day. Um, and with it being longer, it does get in the way. Once I start sweating and it's kind of falling on my face, it's really irritating. Um, so I have taken now to kind of tying it out of the way which I don't particularly like the look of it, but it's just practical. <laughs> Overall, are the fans liking the longer beard, the longer hair? The longer beard, definitely, because it's the, the color is probably what most people like, and it's a lot more obvious when it's long. Um, mm-hmm. When it's shorter, it tends to be a lot lighter. The hair is probably closer to 50-50. And I'm still undecided once kind of barbers reopen, there's a very strong chance I end up just shaving it off again. My concern is I've not had the long beard with really short hair, <laughs> and I'm not sure whether it's going to make my head look lopsided. Not that it matters, but I am a fan of the the long hair. I think it's uh, sexy. <laughs> That's at one point in that column, then. <laughs> and you have beautiful eyes. You mentioned you mentioned your eyes. Since you are in Europe, and you mentioned the Dilf party, have you heard anything about Folsom Europe? And is that an event you have been to before? I haven't, but largely because of when it falls. So it tends to be September time, which is normally the time I'd go on holiday with my husband. Um, so it's just foul every time that, that typically when Folsom is on, I'm already away or it's so close by, I can't take that time off work. It's definitely on my to-do list. Uh, we wanted to do Darklands last year, but it was just as obviously, it was kind of the last fetish event before COVID kicked in. So we in the end decided to give it a miss. There's a couple mm. I want to do an IML and an MAL in America as well. I've got friends in Chicago, so they're probably higher on the to-do list. But I mean, yeah, it's only a short hop to, to Berlin from here, really. So um, it'll definitely be on the to-do list at some point. At the minute, it's provisionally going ahead because I've seen a couple of people have booked hotels and things, but they've booked refundable ones and the off chance, obviously, that it, it doesn't happen. Mm. I want to go back to talking about your OnlyFans. You have a pinned tweet right now, you with a third guy, and it's you all kissing. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's hot. Who, who's that? <laughs> that's Dickie James. Um, so another kind of content creator. Uh, Much bigger than, than me on, on OnlyFans and just for fans of things. That was the only content I filmed so far, not with the boyfriend. Well, the boyfriend is there, but as in with an additional person. And that was literally just in the kind of lull as we came out of lockdown here. And then we went back into lockdown. So. There are others planned, but that's the only one that we've managed to do so far. And it was a lot of fun. It looks like a lot of fun. Well, the three of you look great together. What you didn't see there, though, like the day before that, so me and Freddie traveled to London because we had a photo shoot in London anyway that was supposed to be four hours and ended up being like nine or ten. And then the day after, we were supposed to be filming with Dickie and we actually shot three scenes back to back. So I'd kind of had a hectic day, had to get up super early, and I'm not a morning person at all, um, to go to this dungeon to film the scene. And we literally did me fucking Dickie, the boyfriend fucking Dickie, and then us both fucking him one after the other. So, so it was very fun, but it was exhausting. And it was also really frustrating. We'd already planned the to, to film the scene, 
but not necessarily the venue. And we ended up using the bunker in London, which is a dungeon. And it was really annoying because there was all this fun stuff to play with. And I couldn't because we just set what we were doing. Uh. Uh. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I, you know, there's stuff here. I could do suspension bondage and things like that. And it was just a case of, no, okay, going to have to be next time. Oh, well, something to look forward to. Yeah, it'll hopefully still be there post-COVID and we can go back. Speaking of looking forward, what are your plans for your content? As we come out of COVID or, well, we may never be totally out of it, but as things loosen up, do you see yourself doing less of it? Was was this, um, did this uh, business, this content creation expand more because of COVID or was that the plan anyway? No, the, the the plan was the as I said, obviously the the boyfriend the sub had already done studio porn mm-hmm. before and does dabble occasionally, um, and he had an OnlyFans and things as well. And it was a case of I couldn't really appear in his content, or at least if I was going to appear in his content, then I may as well put it out there myself as well, mm-hmm. because if I'm already out there, I may as well benefit from it too, kind of thing. So right. And I just timed it really badly with COVID <laughs> um, because obviously it's made it much more difficult and it's it's limited what we can do. But the, there's, I made a rule when I, when I started doing it. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. You know, I'm not shy, but I would only film with people that I would play with if I wasn't producing content. So I've, I've got quite a, you know, I'm not going to film with someone just because they've got a really popular following or anything like that. It's got to be someone that I'm, I'm genuinely into. Um, I can't act, so I think it will just look crap on screen if I <laughs> if it was clear that you know I, I wasn't really into what I was doing. Uh, so there's a few people in the UK that uh, again I've spoken to some of them for years that I want to produce some content with once it's allowed. And there's even more annoyingly again internationally that that once travel's allowed again, there's some people I'd really like to film with over in the states and things. So um, yeah, there'll be more. Do you want to share some of the people that you might like to film with? Uh, so UK wise, we've got uh, Jake Ashley, that, that is his, uh, Scott Wilde, Finn Baraka, uh, a guy called Leo who goes by Growing Bottom. Um, there's other people I've spoken to, but we've not firmed up things with, uh, like Leander, who's quite well known. That would probably be scheduling. I mean, I'm based in the West Midlands, which is basically a bit of a gay desert. So <laughs> to film wherever, I'm always going to have to do a little bit of travel. Uh, so it's going to depend how that lines up internationally there's annoyingly loads more all, all the guys that i'm into seem to be american that there seems to be a theme there so again i really want to film with christopher weston um we've spoken for years uh kane marco is another one will angel is another one lance charger is another one these are all people i've known for, for quite a long time so it'd be good to, to get over there um anything else that you would like to share with the listeners <sighs> I actually did. So this time I did a Q&A on OnlyFans last week or with the week before. That was a list of, of questions I was getting via everything. It's kind of Instagram, Twitter, the OnlyFans itself. So most of them, I'm just saying if there's any that were particularly exciting. So I got asked how old I was a lot. I think that's, again, it confused people looking at a historic kind of photo of me versus now <laughs> that everyone always used to think I was very, very young. And now suddenly, you know, I look 30, <laughs> unfortunately. It's not a bad thing. I mean, I quite like it. My husband's 20 years older than me and my sub is 22 years older than me. And it's kind of closed that gap a little bit. Um, We have had instances, especially out with my husband, where people have mistaken me for his son. That hasn't happened in a while. And we did have it as well. I accidentally took my sub out for dinner on Father's Day without thinking. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So it literally just looked like I took my dad out to dinner. 
um, and we have more similar coloring, so it just, it really did look like uh, you know, I'd taken dad out for a meal kind of thing. <laughs> um, so that hasn't happened in a while, so that's a plus. Well, Carl, thank you very much for being on Sexual Heroes today. Hey, thank you very much for having me. For information with links about a guest appearing on Sexual Heroes, visit the show notes at sexualheroes.com or on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow and message me on Twitter at Robert Black XXX and on Facebook at Real Robert Black. Thanks for listening. <laughs>